the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We will keep you abreast of the latest developments and try to restrict our reporting to confirmed news events out of Kabul, but uh, it is a dire situation there that has deteriorated quickly from reports last night, intelligence reports that a terror attack was possible, maybe even imminent. Uh, That has, in fact, happened 10 o'clock this morning or thereabouts. A suicide bomber struck, and I'm not sure which was first, but a gate outside the airport and then a hotel across the street. Uh, There are multiple casualties, reports of up to 40, confirmed reports of 12. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby, former admiral, two hours ago and nothing since. We can confirm an explosion outside Kabul airport. Casualties are unclear at this time. And then, although he has tweeted since. Let me get to his profile and tell you. John Kirby's last tweet was one hour ago. We can confirm the explosion resulted in a number of U.S. and civilian casualties. An hour ago. Nothing from the government in an hour. During a developing news story. Um, That's inadequate. That's that's completely inadequate. I'm looking at another video now. Uh, It's a horrific scene. There's blood everywhere. There are wall-to-wall people. Um, Wow, this is horrible. Okay, so that's going on. We'll keep you abreast. Uh, Big shock, at least according to uh, the Columbus Dispatch. The debate over masks in schools is causing rising tensions in central Ohio communities. Wow, thank you. No, Captain Obvious did not write this story. It's written by Megan Henry. Uh, dividing parents who are inundating local school board meetings and protesting both sides of the issue. That is their right. That is their right. Here is a quote from Rick Lewis, chief executive officer of the Ohio School Board Association. Are you ready for this? (laughs) Some people don't get it, and they don't get that they don't get it. And Rick Lewis is right there at the forefront of the line. Of the many, many parents inundating local school board meetings protesting for and against masks, Rick Lewis says, it's really amazing. The polarity of community expectations and board decisions. Really, Rick? Really? Is it amazing? Half the people out there are clinging with white knuckles to the fear that there is a death germ circulating through the air such that they have muzzled their children on the most humid, oppressive days of an Ohio summer. 
They are that convinced that the death germ is going to infiltrate their children's breathing and kill them. And the other half, the sane half, realizes that there is virtually zero threat of death to their children from data gleaned from more than a year of millions of COVID infections across the United States, and they think it's stupid and immoral and psychologically damaging to their children. And shockingly, Rick, parents get pretty emotionally invested in shielding their children from unhealthy forced muzzling and psychologically damaging decisions made by school board members trying to cover their own rear end. No, Rick, it is not really amazing. It is 100% understandable and justified. This guy serves, he's the CEO of the Ohio School Board Association, and he's surprised parents are upset that you're muzzling their kids. Wow. You wonder why our schools are completely lost and incompetent? Because people like Rick Lewis are amazed that you care about them muzzling your child and denying them the privilege of seeing their classmates' faces and their teachers' smiles for a year and you aren't anxious to do it again. He's surprised, amazed by that. Here's a quote from Dr. Sandra Bode, a primary care physician and medical director of school health services at Nationwide Children's Hospital. I wonder if she was in on the decision to anoint a mentally ill individual and a mentally ill biological man who dresses in women's clothes. I wonder if she was in on the decision to anoint that person as a mental health advocate for Children's Hospital, for children. The quote from Sandra Bode, Sarah Bode, a lot of it has been unfortunately politicized. And the unfortunate thing is kids are getting caught in the crosshairs. Well, that is unfortunate that kids are caught in the crosshairs, Dr. Sarah. It's also unfortunate that you would be a primary care physician at Nationwide Children's Hospital and you wouldn't advocate for the fact that the data shows that kids are not in danger of dying from COVID and that you wouldn't be a passionate advocate for keeping them unmuzzled. Ohio reported 4,600 COVID cases Wednesday following a week in which total new cases statewide jumped 22% over the previous week. Let me read that sentence again. Pay close attention. Following a week in which total cases jumped 21.8%. Notice they never say How many are asymptomatic? More than 2,100 people were hospitalized as of Wednesday. 2,100 people in the state of Ohio. That doesn't seem like an overwhelming number to me. 
Seven-day PCR test positivity rate, which means nothing other than just that positive test rate. It doesn't mean you're going to the hospital. It doesn't mean you're going to be in ICU. It doesn't mean you're going to die. The PCR test positivity rate has risen to 9.4%. Nationwide Children's Hospital, where Dr. Sarah Bode works, announced Monday that 12 children were hospitalized with COVID-19. 12! Oh, my goodness. Does 12 seem like a number that we should muzzle every kid in central Ohio? Not to me. Dan Tierney, DeWine spokesperson, says, In districts where everyone doesn't wear masks, parents and students retain the ability to choose to mask themselves regardless of district policy if that student cannot receive a vaccine. Yes! Yes! You do not have to have a mandate to have per, for everyone to wear a mask, for you as a COVID Frady cat to wear your own mask. Wear as many as you want. Wear two, wear three, wear one for me. I sound like a Dr. Seuss rhyme. I do not wear one, Sam I am. I will not wear one. <laughs> oh, and here's, here we go. Now, this is interesting. Okay, this story's written by Megan Henry. And Megan chooses to go into, first in her story, the case for masks. Way buried at the end is a portion contained among those who say they don't want their kids wearing masks. So just by the placement of the viewpoints, you can tell that Megan Henry wants everybody to wear a mask. She's probably wearing a mask when she wrote this, alone in her house. Uh a mother in New Albany Plain Local Schools named Sarah Higgiston says, We know masking works. Hey, Sarah, would you do me a favor? Bruce at 9890answer.com. Would you send me the study you have that authenticates your words right there? We know masking works. We know masking works. Really? Mm-mm. You don't know that. You think that, and it's your privilege to think that, and that's fine. But you don't know that because no study says that. She says there's no reason there can't be a mask as part of a dress code. My kid can't wear flip-flops, and that's not going to hurt anyone. But not wearing a mask, that's going to hurt someone, potentially. Now, kudos to you, ma'am, for including the word potentially, because it, of course, qualifies the statement you just made as not necessarily true. Wearing a mask, that's going to hurt someone, potentially, means hmm, potentially it won't hurt someone. You choose to believe it will, and that's your right, and that's fine. I choose to believe it won't, and so my kids won't wear masks, ever. An August 11th report from the Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation says 63% of parents of school-aged children say their child's school should require unvaccinated students and staff members to wear masks in school. I do not believe that at all. 63% of parents say their kids should wear masks? That's not true. No way is that true. I want to know how that study was taken out because there's just no chance that's true. Here's the thing. I took a leadership training, and the thing I couldn't believe in the training was when they said, it only takes 3 to 5% of a very committed portion of a culture to shift the culture. Only 3 to 5%. I read that and I'm like, there's no way that's true. That is true. 
That is true. These frady cats on the masks and the vaccine mandates, they're not in the majority. They're not. Not here. So a friend of mine said to me today, why can't we be the 3%? Why can't we be the 3 to 5%? We can be. Stand your ground on this. That's biblical. Stand your ground. Don't be impolite. Don't be mean. Don't be, don't be violent. But stand your ground. They do not have proof. They make wide-sweeping statements as fact. They are not fact. Stand your ground. That's my advice to you on this, parent. Stand your ground. Stick up for your kids. Fight for your kids. Uh, much to the shock and amazement of the CEO of the Ohio School Board Association. We'll have the latest from Afghanistan as uh, reporting makes it available to you next on The Bruce Willis Show. Home stretch, Wednesday edition, Thursday edition. See, I'm all discombobulated. On the Bruce Hooley Show, Thursday edition, Bruce Hooley Show. New time slot, 11 to 1 every day. I enjoy being here. I've always loved uh, the challenge just from a reporting standpoint of breaking news, but when the news is bad, it's heartbreaking to watch. I was a young reporter when the Challenger exploded um, right about noon. And that, of course, had Krista McAuliffe on it, and we were um, aware that school children would have watched that and could have been traumatized. Uh, What is going on at the Kabul airport today was an explosion around 10 a.m. U.S. time. It's nighttime in Kabul now. What might the evening bring? The sources, the State Department, fear that there will be additional attacks in the night. These are coordinated attacks, according to the Pentagon, coordinated attacks by suicide bombers. Don't know yet if it was a vehicle or if it was a suicide vest. You may have seen pictures yesterday of Afghan citizens wading in a trench, an open trench of raw sewage, waving their papers, their special immigrant visas to get out of the country. That trench is outside the airport. That is exactly where the Abbey Gate is located. That is exactly where the devastation happened today, and it is devastating. Do not go on social media looking for videos of this if you are not equipped to deal with horrifying scenes of um, rampant uh, physical destruction and death. We do not have any communication from Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby since 11 o'clock this morning. In his one missive, he said that American casualties had resulted from the explosion. We had one reporter on the scene that said the casualties number up to 40. I have not been able to confirm that through other sources out there. Um, but the, but the, the pictures are just awful. Just awful. We have not heard from the president yet. We're going on three hours since these explosions. I, don't, I honestly don't know if Joe Biden is capable of coming out today and answering questions from the American news media. I don't know if he's capable. I, this is a White House in complete disarray. Their plan to withdraw from Afghanistan has been as incompetent as it could possibly be. 
And here we are with the first American casualties in combat. And I know of no way to characterize this extraction of American citizens, Afghan refugees, and American servicemen from Kabul as anything other than a combat situation. We've heard from the Pentagon all week long about how uh, complicated this mission is. It's a combat mission. And here we are with casualties. So every other news event seems um, (laughs) insignificant in relation to this. Uh, Here is a tweet from an official account called Occupy Democrats, which lists itself a grassroots political organization dedicated to helping progressive Democrats with 115,000 followers. I give you that so that you'll be able to judge for yourself the um, the veracity of it. Uh, Pentagon announces it believes that ISIS carried out today's explosive attack near Kabul. And of course, the account goes on to blame Trump for this. Um, this will land on Joe Biden. He said it himself. He didn't really own that the buck did stop with him, but he said it, and he doesn't have to say it. Everyone knows it. The American president who reversed virtually every Trump order that he inherited and has re- has reversed you know, most of them, uh, had the option to reverse this one and didn't. And he has contended that he will get all Americans out He has um, equivocated. Well, at least no one's died. So uh, this, to me, could and, yeah, I'll say, should result in the removal of Joe Biden from office. I don't care if it comes through resignation. It should. For the good of the country, it should come through resignation. He's clearly not capable. He's clearly not capable. Yes, I know Kamala Harris is worse. I get it. She's incompetent, too. Um, he just can't do the job. He cannot do the job. He has proven in this instance that he cannot do the job. What are we going to do? Let him stay in office and let him reenact the Iran nuclear deal? He wants to, you know. He wants to reenact the, the Iran nuclear deal. As they bear down on getting a nuclear weapon with the stated avowed goal of eradicating Israel from the face of the earth, Joe Biden wants to enable them to do that. That's another one of his phenomenal foreign policy inclinations. He was allowed to impose his instincts on this withdrawal. From Kabul, where we gave up a secure, mammoth, multiple runway airport, twenty miles in the middle, out in the middle of nowhere from Kabul, a secure location where you could see danger coming. He gave that up and thought, "No, it'd be a great idea. Let's just well, they got an airport in Kabul. They got one runway. I mean, we are, we can we can fly one plane out at a time. Let's take it. Let's just evacuate people from Kabul." Great idea. And the congestion outside the airport today, 
a suicide attack took place. And so we'll have American casualties. And I presume a count by the end of the day, but not from him. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.